short form video has probably expanded our attention because now people I've watched videos that are a few minutes long on TikTok or Instagram because it's incredibly easy. Mm-hmm. Then the barrier to entry is lower, which then puts a higher emphasis on the content itself, the conversations, the topics, things like that. Welcome everyone and please let me introduce my guest for today's podcast. His name is Dylan and Dylan is a versatile digital-driven marketing manager with more than nine years of experience in social media campaigns and brand identities. He's also a strategic project manager, social media strategist, event planner, and a motivational team leader. He's the founder of Podcasting Academy, where he teaches the basics of podcasting plus how to monetize a podcast with monthly live coaching and support. Dylan, so glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm super glad to be here. Awesome. So when I was writing your intro, uh, one thing which struck to me, like you have over nine years of experience in this field and it's been really amazing. So I would like to ask you like uh, in the span of nine years and while doing marketing, what has changed and what core values remained constant over this time? Yeah. So what has changed, I think, is the social media platforms itself. You know, mm-hmm. there's been obviously TikTok has grown YouTube, even entering the short form video content game. So I think yeah. the the platforms themselves have changed, but thankfully, thankfully, the main thing that actually makes content good has not changed um, because at its core, we're all human. And when you talk to people like they're human or if they're in front of you, that mm-hmm. does pretty well. So um, thankfully that has not changed, but it's been interesting to see the shift from what was once really focused around images now being mm-hmm. videos. And when it comes to podcasting, it's cool to watch how people adapt or don't adapt or get with the times or don't get with the times or fight with what's working versus embracing what's working. And I mm-hmm. really like it. I love, I love, you know, always learning about the cutting edge technology stuff and figuring out what's out there, virtual reality, all those mm-hmm. things and how that relates to everything. And still, as of the, us speaking, you know, not much um, is really changing as far as, you know, what what we got to do to connect with our audience, which is exciting, you know? Yeah, it's very interesting. Actually, there isn't, there's a constant, uh, what we can say, debate in the in this field, like field of marketing, like short form content has created what we call short time attention, like people want quick gratifications. Yeah. So that's why like they are making them atten- attention deficits. So they are telling that too, long-term content will not perform. But at the same time, you see the rise of one of the biggest podcast legends like Joe Rogan and yeah. similar comedians who are doing the podcast and it's going pretty well. Yeah, it's going really well. Yeah. You know what's yeah. funny? And I, I didn't think about this until you said it, but or you were sharing about short form content is a lot of people go against like short form content. They're like our attention spans, our attention spans. But just a couple of years ago, just a few years ago, everybody on Instagram was posting these unrealistic images or, Mm -hmm. you know, they were trying to capture the perfect image and they were portraying themselves to be in this like identity. And then the caption would be something that maybe they wrote or didn't write. And it was a lot easier to fake things because you could, if you were really good at photography or if you got a photographer, 
you know, you could make a picture, you know, it was harder to fake things. And so, you know, that doesn't take a long attention span. It's not like people were sitting there looking at a picture, reading a mm -hmm. caption and being like, wow, this is incredible. I'm going to sit with this for five minutes. No, people, if anything, short form video has probably expanded our attention because now people, I've watched videos that are a few minutes long on TikTok or Instagram. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it's just pictures and things like that, that's even less time than a video. So I don't know, like I'm always skeptical a little bit that, you know, people put the blame on short form video, you know, and this and that. And then, like you said, with podcasts, stretching out that time too. At the end of the day, and I think it's the rule for for all content is as long as the content is connecting and people are enjoying it, they're going to listen. It's not the, mm -hmm. it's not the, you know, the length of the content's fault or anything like that. It's just simply if people like it, they're going to connect with it and they're probably going to want more of it if they're connecting with it. So it's not, you know, to blame something. It just seems like missing the whole point of it is connection, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. And I've been always curious, like what makes a podcast worth listening? Yeah, and I think, yeah. Having a message that someone wants to hear at the end of the day, because mm -hmm. the more like there's three main people, well, like on this podcast, for example, there's three people, right? There's you, me, and the listener. And mm -hmm. I mean, I hear, and I see from a lot of podcasts that don't have listeners, then I look at their podcast. Um, and if they've been going for a while, it's, I, it's a different kind of story if they're just starting out, but if they've been going for a while and they don't have listeners, then I look at it and they have the inside jokes and they make no bridge to the listener. It seems mm -hmm. like purely like a selfish thing. Like I just talk and you listen to me. That's not fun for the listener. So no reason, no way. Like they're not going to listen. So, you know, recognizing that um, there is a listener there is crucial to the part of like, you're providing an audio experience to the listener. And that mm -hmm. is going to, um, you know, that changes, that's a slight thing. And people go, Oh, that's obvious. But it's a slight yeah. change because you're remembering that there's someone here listening with us that maybe can't say things or things like that. And so just kind of recognizing that and it takes time and practice, but at least not just doing it selfishly, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is similar across the board with all content. People will make things for themselves. And it's like, they I think because they see other people, we project our own insecurities and things on other people. And we go, well, they seem like they just live their life and make content and it's incredibly easy. And then mm -hmm. we try it and we try to do the same thing and it comes off maybe selfish or doesn't connect with anybody. And we're like, why, why is it so easy for them? And that just falls in the comparison trap of, you know, we don't know what they're doing. We don't know their mindset around it. It's just such a generalized, you know, thing that I think we as humans and content creators do. We look at someone else and just go, it's seems incredibly easy for them. And yeah. especially for someone who's never edited video before. You know, mm -hmm. they look at the video and they go on YouTube or something like, yeah, I want to make a YouTube video. And they're like, how long does it take to edit a video? What? Like, this is taking hours when it, I just watched it. It's a 10 minute video. How did that take 36 hours? You know? Um, mm -hmm. So um, yeah, like that comparison trap is easy to fall into and uh, dangerous, you know? Yeah. And uh, even for an outside observer, podcasting seems like a very easy task to do. Like you just set up your set microphone, you just 
set up your camera even if we are doing video podcast and it's very easy you are just having a conversation yeah so over the time what what have you noticed that in successful podcast what do they get right apart from the setup and everything else yeah so what that's uh, such a tricky thing about podcast because um they seem easy you're mm-hmm. just talking but again yeah. it's like that is this a, for a selfish kind of thing like i'm doing it for myself or am i actually doing it to make a good listening experience for the listener and again that takes time and practice but a lot of people will just hop in and be like i'm just recording a podcast and i mean it's just there's more to it and a lot of it really comes down to i think it's because it's incredibly easy then the barrier to entry is lower which then puts a higher emphasis on the content itself the conversations the topics things like that so it's really comes down to like what are you talking about and is it actually interesting and that doesn't mean mm-hmm. you know anything could be interesting but it has to be framed in the right context for the listener and the listener has to then like this is exactly what i want for example if i like a a movie a really obscure movie that maybe not a lot of people like mm-hmm. i would love to listen to a podcast about this particular movie but that doesn't mean everyone would like it but i'll only listen to that podcast if i can find it so making it discoverable whether it's the episode title or the name of the podcast or some other thing that they share on social media and it leads me to the podcast there's like entry points and you got to make those available because a lot of people will just be like listen to my podcast and i'm like why why should i listen i don't know what your podcast is about and i look at everything as like as a listener first yeah i'm a podcast coach and consultant i help a lot of people with their podcast but i really want to um hear good podcasts mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of people don't do a good job at sharing why i should listen to their podcast you know it's just like listen because i made it and i'm like i'm not going to give you an hour of my time because you just said i should give you an hour of my time to listen to your podcast when i know nothing about what i'll get out of it yeah yeah so it's very interesting actually i've been following two or three guys in this youtube kind of video podcasting thing uh-huh. i generally prefer video podcast i like actually it feels like i'm the, in the, in the room with them mm-hmm. so i started with the joe rogan i think most of the people joe rogan was the name which introduced them to podcasting mm-hmm. and after that i followed lex friedman Yeah and love like these, I love yeah these two have a very different uh, style of conversation yeah i don't know if you noticed one is a comedian and one is a hardcore scientist so yeah. you can feel how different it can be at the same time they make it work mm-hmm. so have you made any interesting observation through this do uh, do podcast legends like what they are doing which is yeah. common at the same time it's very different you can feel it oh yeah yeah well one thing that they both have in common right like the through line between the two is that they're incredibly curious and open and they stay open and they stay curious and they're not arguing what they really they're they're they share what they know but they're always willing to stay open to learning right so they're not yeah. super rigid even though lex is, i like that's one of probably one of my favorite podcasts even though he's um incredibly charismatic and exciting to listen to no just kid like people you know it'd be most people are like this sounds you know like mm-hmm. a robot like people joke yeah. that he sounds like a robot mm-hmm. um and that's just his style like he doesn't need to change his style for anything but he stays incredibly curious he stays incredibly open and the guests he has on reflect that he doesn't have the same guest on every time and that's what to me makes it interesting same with 
Joe Rogan, you know, there's people can opt in. And it's funny because like he has so many episodes, Lex does too. They have Mm -hmm. so many episodes and, you know, rarely these days does someone listen to every single episode of Joe Rogan. It used to be more common, same with Lex, I'm sure. But -hmm. there's so much content out there and they don't make it with the expectation that someone has to listen to every episode to know what's Mm -hmm. going on, to not feel like, you know, they'll share a similar story again and again. And if you've been listening to either of their podcasts for a while, you probably heard your own, you kind of hear the same story twice maybe. And that's fine. Yeah. Because they're acknowledging that not everyone listens to every single episode and not (laughs) consumes every single thing that they make. You know, they don't Mm -hmm. assume that, oh, I posted something on Instagram and everyone sees it now. So I really like that. And that I think just stays, they really respect the listener. They respect that people will be listening for the first time. They do a good job at letting their guests speak and asking Mm -hmm. questions and not talking like they know everything for one, but also it's like they're constantly having a beginner mindset, you know, um, around certain subjects that they don't know a lot about. But then if they Mm -hmm. do know something, they'll they'll be like, well, actually, here's what I see, you Mm -hmm. know, and they're totally fine with, um, you know, looking amateur or looking, you know, not trying to be like, I know everything, um, which is, I think, uh, really nice because when you're a listener, you can put yourself in those shoes because again, they're doing it with the listener in mind. They're thinking like the, the listener doesn't maybe know everything. So like, let's, if they're talking to a guest, it's like, can you explain what that means more? Even if they know what mm-hmm. that means, can you explain what that means for the listener? You know? And I think that's nice as a listener. Cause you're like, oh, I feel like I'm in there. Yeah. If it was two incredibly high level people talking that I can't even understand Mm-hmm. but they bring the conversation to a relatable way that I could be doing the dishes and I can still follow what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. And I felt that to, to be a good, good podcaster, you have to be a good communicator and a good listener, first, yeah. of, all, first of all. Yeah. So, yeah. And many of the successful podcasts I've listened, they are hosted by comedians. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. this comedian uh, named Andrew Sulz. I don't know if you heard about it. Yeah, him. yeah. Uh, he does. Uh, uh, yeah, podcast. I was just actually watching him on Tim Dillon is another yeah. podcaster. Yeah, I saw it. I was just watching him on Tim Dillon. Yeah. And I've noticed very interesting trend like these comedians and they have uh, certainly talent for telling better stories. Yeah. So do you think how can podcasters tell better stories even through conversation? I have noticed that Joe Rogan is the best storyteller. Yeah. He has well, certain skill for that. He will involve you in the story with emotions and everything. Mm-hmm. So what makes you a good storyteller in the way of doing podcasting or even as a content creator? Yeah. Well, I think with like comedians, for example, it seems like there are a lot of like, the best, you know, podcasters or comedians or something. And I just mm-hmm. think that it's, that's what they do. Like that's their main job is communicating to a crowd. So Mm -hmm. they get real-time feedback from the audience in ways that most of us don't get. So they are just naturally going to be a bit better at podcasts, but I've seen comedians with podcasts that are really hard to follow or Mm -hmm. to, you know, they're not to me that um, good of a listen or, you know, so I don't think it always translates. I just think that the more we do something, the better we get. And I think 
for me, when it comes to communicating better, it's just trying to make things very clear. When you try and make it pretty or you try to make it too clever, mm-hmm. that's when you lose people. If you just make it simple, clear, and not try to make it fancy or make it, you know, this thing that it, it needs to be dressed up in a way, you know, like comedians, you know, I, I'm not um, a comedian. I'm not, I've never done comedy. Um, but from what I see, it's like they have this ability to connect. And when they're connecting and they're telling stories, they're saying it in a way that we can follow, right? They're not making it confusing, which we've all heard somebody share a story that we're like, what? Get to the point? Or what are you talking about? What? Why are you even talking about this thing? So they're really good at frame, like I say they're like comedians, but just great storytellers in general are really great at setting the scene, giving context to why they're sharing mm-hmm. something, you know, and, and they hook people um, through emotion and relating it to the person that's listening. Um, let's, you know, using Joe Rogan as an example, if he's telling a story, it's not going to be absolutely random, right? It'll pertain to the subject at hand. And if he did go super random, we'd be like, you lost me. Like, what are you talking about? Like, how does this relate? And I think, you know, I've heard people guess on his podcast, share something and he'll even, huh? Like, what are you talking about? Um, if it's something doesn't make sense to him, he'll just be like, what? And, and just calling that out rather than going with it and then being mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, no, this is cool. So that level of honesty, I think is needed to connect with people and communicate. Yeah. And of course, I have noticed that it takes a lot of practice. Yeah. I've noticed that uh, my first podcast is not going to be a very good. Even I'm at this after these many episodes, I'm still not comfortable on camera and I have difficulty figuring out like what to talk next or what questions to ask. So it takes a lot of practice. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I think there's a strength in that though. Like it takes a lot mm-hmm. of practice. It's not going to be good, but that doesn't mean it's not good. Like it's not good to you, but as, as you know, we can use Lex Friedman as an example, he's, you know, I, I, I would love to go back and look at his older episodes and see how he's changed. Mm-hmm. He'll even say, I mean, th- I heard him say not that long ago that he has done podcasts where he didn't feel that he did very good, you know? So he still has times where he doesn't feel like he asked the right questions or he feels uncomfortable with the pauses in between. And so, I don't know. I just think we're so, while podcasting is incredibly easy, it's really also lends itself to being incredibly self-judgmental and filled Mm -hmm. with imposter syndrome because it's not like posting a 10 second video on Instagram or a five minute video on YouTube. You're like, I'm making this thing and someone's going to listen to me for how long? So um, being comfortable with the idea that someone would listen to you for that long, for me and from what I've seen, people are like, "Eh, I don't want to take up too much space. And, Mm -hmm. and that's understandable. It's a bit awkward when you think about someone listening to you for super long, um, because that's not a normal thing. Like, Hey, listen to me, just talk when you have, if you don't have a lot of experience with that, which is what comedians do have. So maybe Mm -hmm. that's why it's easier, I guess, for them. Yeah. And then what they call, sorry for using this language, but they call they've eaten a lot of shit. Like when they mm-hmm. do, when they come from the, the stand-up comedy background, mm-hmm. so they have faced while they are doing 
one minute, two minute bits on different clubs. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be audience or there's going to be no audience or some, someone will like you. Someone will sit tell, tell to your face. Like, I don't like this joke. Yeah. Someone might actually hit you. So yeah. they have done their due work and they've yeah. developed the skill of pleasing their audience and having communication or even developing a good communication skill. Yeah. So and in- they know it's about like the repetitions that you put in. Mm-hmm. And I saw something about Steve Martin. I didn't fact check this, although I should or like look up more about what he means, but something about Steve Martin saying like, even him, who's one of the biggest comedy legends, how mm-hmm. he has performed it was like either half or or just so much, some much, not a majority, but so many of his performances have been in front of mm-hmm. empty rooms. And like, that's just something comedians, you don't, they don't just talk about all the time that they yeah. don't, you know, they talk, they perform in front of difficult crowds. They perform in front of no crowds, like side, put aside just the fact that there's a lot of people at some shows, but especially in the beginning, they go through and it's like, if you could talk to nobody in a room, talking mm-hmm. on a podcast where there's not supposed to be anybody on the recording or with you on the recording is incredibly easier because there's no real-time feedback of someone like yawning and being like, this is boring. You know, like that is not, um, doesn't make anybody's job easier. And if you could get over that in a live setting, just imagine how much easier that would be on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's very interesting. And uh, I've noticed that, uh, and I would like to ask you, like, uh, how long does it take a podcast to be successful? Like, uh, what's this graph? What is like this? Is it like well, uh, a parabola? Like it takes a long time and it suddenly rises up to the top or is well, it going to be up and down? I look at it like long-term, right? So there's two ways, I guess I could say that I look at it. But the first one is like, I look at it long-term. So I don't look at it like there's an, any arrival point because... Mm-hmm. To me, the way I'm able to make a ton of content and not get burnt out, overwhelmed, all that stuff is by simply not going back and analyzing how I said things and all those things. I'm just simply moving forward and content, creating content becomes as easy as having a conversation. And Mm -hmm. the more you do it, the better you get naturally. And for some people, um, you know, it's, we're all on like our own individual path. So I like to look at it like, not an arrival point, but just a way of life and a way of doing something, right? That's Mm -hmm. one reason why I could take content and repurpose it into a podcast or anything like that um, because I'm making up the rules. And if I'm making up the rules, I can change, you know, what is successful in my mind. So oftentimes to me, successful, uh, a successful podcast is one just gets published and shared with the world, not hidden and overthought and, ah, did I do this right? Just simply put out there. But two, especially in the very beginning with podcasts, it's really important to not look at the downloads. It's really important to just publish and set mm-hmm. a goal, typically around a number of episodes published, because data can show us that most podcasts don't get past certain numbers, whether that's mm-hmm. episode three, episode seven, And then like episode, I think it's 20 or 21. So if you can make it over 21 episodes, you're going to be in a more likelihood to stick with it. And Mm -hmm. just the more you can make it easier on yourself to just publish it and not overanalyze and not, you know, because it's like, if it's so easy, then why do so many podcasts just fade away and stop? You know, probably because 
they think who cares because it's so easy, but somehow there's no audience. So I guess we could say that, you know, publishing a podcast is easy. Recording a podcast is easy. Growing a Mm -hmm. podcast is difficult without the right strategies. And that's usually where people get stuck the most. It's not talking. It's not that maybe it's sometimes it's coming up with topics, but it's often actually growing the audience. So mm-hmm. the podcaster sees value in what they're doing, going like, oh, people care, people listen. And then that either freaks people out or they actually get more lit up by it and want to do it more and more. Mm-hmm. And you talked about the, the correct strategy to do podcasts. So according to you, what is the right strategy to make a podcast successful? Yeah. So it depends on the person's goals, really. So mm-hmm. I help because I help people that ha- are entrepreneurs and business owners mm-hmm. and things like that. Sometimes they have different goals and really it's the goal of your podcast, you know, and this is, I think a little bit where it gets tricky because we only have the, we every, basically everything we do is off of data that we get, right. We mm-hmm. see other people do something successful and that's maybe numbers or money. So we look at Joe Rogan, we go $100 million or something or more for mm-hmm. a podcast deal. Wow, there must be money in podcasts based on that data. And then we you know, see other podcasters who make no money. And then we go, huh, well, okay, it's either nothing or everything based yeah. on the data that we've input. So when it comes to success, it, to me, it's like you can't look at other podcasters to make your own goals for success. You have to look at what does success mean to you? And that looks different for everybody. For some Mm -hmm. people, it might simply be getting out of their box, like their comfort zone and having conversations with people that they would have never had. That's a huge, that's a very successful. If you're an introvert and you don't talk to many people, and then you record a podcast consistently where you're talking with people, that's a huge success. Doesn't mean you have to keep that same goal the whole time you do a podcast, you can improve or change the goal, but just simply making that your marker for success is huge. Or like I said, I work with businesses, like it might be getting more clients or customers. Mm -hmm. So if you start that podcast with that intention and you get more, you know, clients, then that's uh, hitting the goal, you know, so that would be a success. At that point, you might not interview guests. So it would be completely different than the person that's using it to speak with guests. Mm -hmm. And so I think it just comes down to, you know, what is the goal with the podcast? Because that will carry you through and realizing, you know, you can't compare it to other people's goals because yeah. I don't, I don't know what like Lex Friedman is, what his goal was, but Joe Rogan, for example, you know, he's just like, oh, I just had, you know, comedians on with conversations and that's, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean anything for our own goals whatsoever, because mm-hmm. we don't really know, like that doesn't give us enough data to actually make an informed decision on what his goal was, but his goal isn't our goal because he's, a completely different person with a completely different point in his life, a different age, different, you know, position in his own industry. Like so much is different. We can't use that whatsoever about our own goal. Um, But we do have to recognize that we do need some goal because you know, whether or not we set a goal, we're going to do something, (laughs) whether that's Mm -hmm. doing nothing or doing a lot, we better be clear on it because it's going to drive what we move towards. So setting a goal is like vital. Yeah. And I've been always curious, like, uh, 
the effort we put in making podcast and recording podcast and doing editing and everything and versus the effort someone might say put in con- doing content marketing specifically let's say on instagram on linkedin or even polished highly polished youtube videos mm-hmm. so do you think podcast is still worth it like with so much competition is it worth it or you should try and mix and match with different strategies yeah well i look at like cuz how i saying like i look at podcasts as like a way of life in a way like it's just a natural extension of mm-hmm. communicating and connecting to me the best marketing out there isn't thought around like ooh i have this marketing strategy that works and attracts people that always comes off as ooh i have this marketing strategy that works and connects with people how mm-hmm. about instead just focusing on the relationships even if your goal is more clients mm-hmm. people can feel the difference when you're talking to somebody or you're talking to somebody to try and like get a certain result from them like if i was trying to get you to become a client it mm-hmm. would be a weird conversation because i would be overthink i'd be like strategizing i'd be asking you these weird things rather mm-hmm. than i'm just talking to you like a normal person we're just having a conversation and so i think just simply talking to someone like they're a human and just making it as seamless as possible uh, i think podcasts are a great idea for most people because they can fit with their lifestyle it's when you add in all the unnecessary stuff like overthinking over editing like all that stuff yeah of course mm-hmm. there's no time left for podcasting because every time you you associate podcasts with overthinking over editing like all this work rather than just how about we just record it and release it doesn't need to be mm-hmm. this thing that's like uh i don't know just weighing down on the mind you know um this yeah. perfectionist attitude to it so i think it's great i love content marketing but at the same time i have to throw all that stuff out the window when i'm recording or conversating or making stuff because you know making something with that frame of mind doesn't make the best content <laughs> you know comes off very um stale in my opinion yeah yeah obviously when you are on editing table you will add a lot of your uh, biased and unbiased filter into that video or whatever mm-hmm. form of content you are doing and that's what i've noticed that uh, when you are doing content marketing it's highly polished content and your audience sees that it's being polished and it's not rough around the edges while you're yeah. publishing a podcast it's natural it feels more authentic so in the yeah. world full of this uh, highly polished content people need some break they want to see some original authentic content and that's what i noticed that a lot of creator who are doing highly polished content are now like uh, starting their second channel just for doing podcast so yeah. this is an interesting change like they understand the value of authentic conversations yeah yeah and it's just easier it's easier to make when mm-hmm. and it's like it's really to me it's just so much more of a mindset than it is this tool where i have to have the perfect intro and the perfect this like we value authenticity in this day and age um and making a podcast is different than marketing a podcast so mm-hmm. recognizing that there's different things like you know i was speaking with someone the other day and they were like um cuz i also have the uh, company content clips that makes clips of podcasts and they were like all right so should we record our podcast in a certain way 
that gives you the clips. And I'm like, I don't want you to think about making clips of your podcast. I just want you to record the podcast because you'll say things that you would have never said if you were trying to make the clips. It's like trying to do eight things at once rather than let's just have a conversation and Mm -hmm. watch, like just have trust that you're going to say things that you would have never said that you didn't even know you could say. And there'll be something there. And that takes a lot of trust. And that's, you know, why I think it goes back to the mindset idea. And uh, actually, I have an interesting story around that. Uh, I had my second guest on my podcast and we were talking about, of course, you're familiar with the Chris Doe. So uh, there was one short, very short clip where their team, like uh, the future team, they cropped a bit out of a whole longer conversation. And it sounded like uh, he was talking something offensive and some people might take offense on that. So when I'm talking with my guest on second episode, so he said that uh, this is not a good advice and I've, I'm feeling offended by that. So I was pretty skeptical. Like uh, this is the problem with the short form content. Like there's even when we, we are having this conversation, I could say something which is highly controversial in that bit. But mm-hmm. if you know the context, it's not controversial. It's a simple statement. And mm-hmm. we, we are just flowing, having this normal conversation. So I edited the clip and added some spices here and there just to make it uh, slightly, we can say, more, more, which had tendency to go viral. Mm-hmm. So I edited it like that and I shared it in my social. And then I figured out like uh, what I was pointing out, I got the first hand experience of that. Like without context, everything will get to misjudged and they will, they, it, it, for sure, it will go viral, mm-hmm. but it will not be of any fruitful use to you. Mm-hmm. So what's your strategy on making clips around these topics? Are you looking for a controversial statement? No, no. I look, um, when I'm making clips, I'm usually just looking for context in one point. If you add in two points, it's, mm-hmm. it's lost. Like people are like, I, I don't know what to do with this information. It's funny. Like we're so simple on social media. And that doesn't mean you can't say two things. Those are, that's way different, but main one main point. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's what makes it effective. Having context, either, you know, presenting something that's relatable, um, just something that highlights what someone said. I always lean towards more aspirational, inspirational. I don't really, uh, I don't work well with controversial content for the most part because Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really, I don't think I have any clients that I don't, yeah, I don't have, I don't have any clients that really do much have done controversial stuff. I don't pick out those types of clips anyways, because I just don't know why, like I'm trying to spread like usually more positivity, inspirational mm-hmm. things, more thought leadership style things. So the last thing, and I don't know, everyone's got their own. I was looking at someone's podcast last week that was like, Hey, can you make clips? And I was like, I, I can't work with what you're saying. It doesn't even make any sense to me in the in an hour. I can't mm-hmm. pull a clip that makes sense. He was talking all over the place. So it just, was like, I can't work with this. Um, so yeah, I just, I look for things that are just simple to understand and it, it, it has to stand on its own. Um, but I've never really run into oh, this is too controversial to post. It's just like one main idea. People have their own you know, perspective on different clips, whether or not, you know, whatever it means. Like people assign meaning to anything you do just by simply speaking 
people are like, no, nah, that's wrong. And you're like, I just said my name. Like my name is Dylan. You can't tell me that's wrong <laughs> um, or whatever, you know? So people are always going to argue and I don't really, you know, that's when you read the comments, but if I set it with the intention, like if I set the intention of whatever it is, mm-hmm. that's important because if your intention is like, I want to make this viral and controversial, that's what you're going to attract, you know? So that's why I look at it for like thought leadership, um, inspirational, doing more good in the world, because mm-hmm. that's my intention with them. So if I lead with that intention, you know, I've never had someone go like, why did you, why did you make me look like I said this? It's like, I could defend it at the end of the day, no matter what. I'm just like, oh, because this is an inspiring thing. They go, oh, okay. Right. No one, mm-hmm. no one says that, but theoretically, if they did, it wouldn't be like, oh, you know, I, I don't know how this accidentally, this happened. You know, it's like, because it's all around inspiration and uh, adding more good to the world. So. Yeah, actually, I uh, like some hot takes. Uh, I've yeah, been following people like Andrew that. Too, yeah. Uh, yeah, Andrew Schulz and his uh, Flight in podcast. And he's known for hot takes. From, uh, from the starting of any episode, you can see that he started with hot takes. Yeah, and, and that's that's like their brand. Like if they don't deliver that, you're like, this was weak. So that's yeah. their brand. I get that. But there's people that try those hard takes and mm-hmm. you can just know that I, I see that they just miss. I'm like, I don't understand yeah. even what you're talking about. Like they're just trying to be controversial for the sake of being controversial. Mm-hmm. I, whatever, like that's just not my area, you know? So, and then people that are like, I need to be more controversial. No, you don't. Like not if it's not something that's natural. Andrew mm-hmm. Schultz, I think is naturally that way. Like it doesn't yeah. matter if it's being recorded on a podcast. He's going to say things the same way with when you're with him. Lex he's Friedman. Yeah. yeah, he's a comedian. Lex Friedman is not out there trying to be controversial. So he's not coming out with some hard takes. He's literally mm-hmm. the same person on the podcast, you know, that honesty. So whatever is natural to lead with, but not forcing things, which I do see podcasters do of like just saying things because they're like, this will get some attention. I'm like, I have no interest in that. I'm like, just be yourself, you know, um, say what you want to say, but not mm-hmm. force it. Like, oh, you know what? Another thing I'm really annoyed by this. Thing. I'm like, are you, it sounds like so forced. I don't really, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it just doesn't, it doesn't sound very entertaining to me personally. Maybe someone else finds it entertaining. I just don't. And that's controversial, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, but people, man, people, if I've learned anything about publishing a bunch over the past year is people will always find everything to disagree with. And I just ignore mm-hmm. it. You know, I release a daily news. I have a, 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 a news social media thing where I record the news every morning mm-hmm. and I, I don't read the comments, but when I did read the comments occasionally, like it, from the very first post I did, like, and I have thousands of followers for it. But the, from the very first post, people are like, we don't need this. We need investigative journalism and all these things. I'm like, that's not what this is. Like, And watching people kind of get upset over me sharing facts is mm-hmm. like, it's funny to me a little bit because I'm like, literally just sharing facts is controversial. People are like, yeah. where does he lean politically? And I'm like, mm-hmm. these are facts. This isn't a political thing. There's no politics involved here. It's literally this is the temperature today. There's no argument over it being a hundred degrees. 
Like I'm not yeah. saying an opinion piece about that. I'm literally saying if it's hundred, hundred degrees, you can't argue. Like that's the same as me saying the sky is blue. And people mm-hmm. are like, it's not blue. And I'm like, so I don't of course engage or read any of those comments, but it's, it's just always there. It's taught me a lot. The news thing has taught me a lot of like people will say what they'll say. Yeah. It's very interesting. So how can you market your podcast without to, uh, like uh, being controversial? So what's the strategy in marketing your podcast? Well, it just gets back to the point, right? If, if you know, if you have a goal with your podcast, um, so there's different goals, right? There's one goal might be having conversations. Mm-hmm. Another goal might be, um, you know, educating people around a certain thing. So Patreon is like a popular way of monetizing mm-hmm. and, really people will subscribe to your Patreon to get more of something, right? They're not going to subscribe to get the same of something. So whether that's an additional episode, extra bonus content of some way, of something that they get in addition, and it doesn't have to be a lot, but giving people something extra is huge. Mm -hmm. And it all should go back to the theme of the podcast. So if you have a podcast about sports, well, what if it was like a weekly email about a specific thing, right? or a weekly Mm -hmm. extra episode about a certain thing. There's a lot of ways to do it, but tying it back into what your podcast and giving people more of what they want is the simplest way to monetize. You don't have to have a huge audience for that. You just have to have something cool that's extra for people to want to pay for. It's very interesting. Yeah. Wow, Dylan, it's a really insightful conversation. And please let us know. Uh, like I know whenever new of you, like on Instagram, you deliver constantly good values. So where we can find you and what are your social media channels to reach out to you? Yeah, I'm at digital podcaster on everything. That's my podcast name. That's all the social media handles. And uh, yeah, I post a ton. I've even tried to kind of not only post podcast stuff. So I do just because it's again, a mindset thing. So I'll post mindset stuff, but it all mm-hmm. ties back to podcast stuff. And then I have podcasting Academy com, which is where I teach people how to podcast, how to monetize, how to grow and um, all that good stuff. And then I have contentclips.com, which chops up everyone's, everyone's chops up people's podcasts and makes 15 to 60 second videos for social media. And that's um, grown considerably recently uh, because people just don't have the time to do it. And so mm-hmm. that's what we do. So awesome. So anyone who's listening, please reach out to him. He's a wonderful guy and I'm sure you'll find wonderful stuff on his social media channel. So thanks again, Dylan, for this conversation. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that was really insightful.